Hello, it's David here. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be making this podcast from our houses. Today, I'm in my kitchen. It would be lovely to hear from you in the outside world, and we promise to reply. Get in touch with the hashtag The Leader Podcast, particularly if anyone knows how to work a pasta maker. I'd really appreciate that. And subscribe, too, through your favourite podcast provider so you don't miss our news, analysis, and advice. Now, from the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. A new low-cost test for coronavirus with results in 10 minutes is on its way. Believe it or not, it looks like a pregnancy testing kit that you have in the bathroom. It's The difference is, instead of weighing on it, you take a pipette and put a drop of blood on it, and it gives you the result with a stripe appearing in a window, which sounds miraculous. Our political editor, Joe Murphy, on the bit of kit that will help the government hit its target of 25,000 tests every day. Also, I was able to load up with two packs of nine rolls each and I walked out like a king, quite guilty though. The Evening Standard's investigations editor, David Cohen, looks into stockpiling. Are we risking our health just going to the shops? And it's a huge downer. I'm not going to I'm not going to shy away from it. I like to to go outside doing walks, running and I can't. Otto Lanthavetier has been in quarantine in Italy for two weeks. He tells us what the UK should expect. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is the leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, the quick coronavirus test and the massive target it could help the government hit. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We now come to Prime Minister's questions. At an unusually sparse Prime Minister's questions, MPs sat a little further apart on the green benches of the House of Commons and Boris Johnson was allowed to speak without the normal boos and jeers the PM might expect. Prime Minister. Well, I, I want to thank the Right Honourable Gentleman for the uh, way in which the opposition has been uh, approaching this issue generally and for the cooperation that has uh, so far taken place uh, between our front benches in this, in this matter, because it is, uh, a, as, he, as he rightly says, this is a national emergency, and we're asking the public uh, to do things, uh, to take actions in a way that is really unprecedented uh, for a government in peacetime, and perhaps even unprecedented in the last, uh, in the last century. 
The government needs to keep this atmosphere of cooperation because it's trying to get through an emergency powers bill to take on coronavirus that is massive in its scope, as our editorial column explains. A coronavirus bill is being rushed through Parliament. It's a shocking, sweeping and essential law. There'll be shortcut ways to register healthcare workers, a block on suing for clinical negligence and a volunteer service. It'll become easier to detain people under mental health powers, to close airports, schools and events, to stop public gatherings and close down transport. Elections will be cancelled. At any other time, a decision to close all the schools in the country would in itself be stunning news. Now it's just one of the things the government has got to do. This is not government by decree. We have a strong democracy with institutions like Parliament, the courts and an independent media, all of which will be watching. But it will still feel very different to anything we've known in our lives. Our political editor Joe Murphy's in our Westminster office. Joe, there's a lot for people to take in here. And it's hit the first hitch today because some Labour MPs are balking at the fact that these emergency powers are scheduled to last for up to two years. Now, the government's always promised there'd be a sunset clause, which a lot of people took to mean, yeah, come the autumn, after the first crisis is through, we'll renew the powers or drop them. But they want actually to keep them going for considerably longer, and that's a problem. Why does the government want, or is it looking for, two years for these powers? Well, to be fair to the government, they've always said that they would use powers appropriately and sparingly and have a sunset clause. Um, But they want powers that will last for the duration of the crisis for as long as they're needed. And that is going to be 18 months or so before we have a vaccine. And the vaccine is, at the moment, the known endpoint to this crisis. Um, But what I'm talking to, when I'm talking to um, government sources, they're telling me that, well, you might actually find that some of these powers will be of short duration and some of longer duration, and that there will be a responsible balance set according to need. Now, elsewhere, there have been issues about testing and people wanting to be tested who haven't been tested. The government set a, a new target for that now, hasn't it? What What's going on with that, Joe? This is a big ramping up of the testing regime. So a week ago, you had four or 5,000 tests a day being done by the NHS and Public Health England. Then they roped in more hospital testing equipment to increase that from yesterday to 7,500 a day, which is where we are. Now they're going to rise it, first of all, to 10,000 a day, roping in private sector equipment. And within four weeks, they're aiming at a target of 25,000 tests a day, which is high by any standard, and the government reckons that they'll be ahead of any country. And there's a new test being rolled out as well, which will help them do that. I think this is very exciting news, because it has potential to be a test that really could be useful to us, you and me, as well as to the health professionals. This is a test which will test not for whether the virus is in your bloodstream now, um, which incidentally is being done at huge complexity, Um, But this test will look at whether your blood contains antibodies. And the antibodies are little balls of protein that your body constructs and that each one is designed to attach to an enemy virus and destroy it. Uh, They 
if they're there, it means two things. One is, you've had COVID-19 already. Maybe you fell ill with it. Maybe you were one of those lucky few who don't get symptoms. But you've had it already, and now you are immune to getting it again. If you've got the antibodies, you could return to work without worrying about being infectious to others or getting infected yourself. And the first wave of these tests, and there are thousands of them, have been produced by laboratories in the private sector, and they're almost ready to be rolled out. The first ones will go to the NHS, because the NHS want to use them to identify an army of people who can go into care homes and hospitals and look after elderly and vulnerable people who really you can't afford somebody who's carrying the bug to see them. But there will be some, I'm told, probably available to the private sector. So you might be able to pay and have a test done. Now, to get the current tests, which test nasal swabs that undergo very, very complicated procedures to um, to sort of create a form of DNA, um, that costs at least 350 quid in the private sector, and very few people are having them done. This new test, believe it or not, it looks like a pregnancy testing kit that you have in the bathroom. It's The difference is, instead of weighing on it, you take a pipette and put a drop of blood on it and it gives you the result with a stripe appearing in a window which sounds miraculous and the manufacturing cost could be very low although if they are on the market to you and I I expect the cost will be a great deal higher Next At Tesco they were queuing at 4.30am for the opening at 5am and those loo rolls were gone by 7am, probably before... Investigations editor David Cohen's been looking at shop supplies. Where can you find toilet paper in London? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Tesco in Brent Cross was packed at half five this morning. The shelves had just been stocked and some were empty within minutes. Stockpiling is continuing and causing serious problems. Our investigations editor David Cohen's been out in London and he joins me now. David, what have you seen? I went on a hunt, like most other frustrated customers, and I started at uh, the Tesco Superstore, one of them in North London, not far from where I live in Crouch End. I then went on to Costco in Wembley, uh, the wholesaler, and then I came back and tried several convenience stores nearby. Which one was better, David? Interestingly, 
The loo roll was entirely sold out within 15 minutes at Costco. People had been queuing from 8 in the morning for the start at 10. At Tesco, they were queuing at 4.30am for the opening at 5am. And those loo rolls were gone by 7am, probably before. There was no advice as to when they would be restocked, except people were told, come tomorrow and queue at 4.30. Next door, I went into the local Halen Centre, which is a health food store, and um, they said they had none. And then the other cashier said, oh, hang on, we've just had a delivery. And um, I was able to load up with two packs of nine rolls each. And I walked out like a king, quite guilty, though. Um <laughs> With uh, people looking at me, and one of the, one woman who lives on my road said to me as I walked up, quite quite laden, with a bit of a twinkle in her eye, well, I know where to come if I run out. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of people knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because you do sort of calculations when you buy, and you start to think, well, oh, I could definitely take you know more than one pack, but that seems wrong because um, then I'm you know, reducing other people's ability to buy. However, when will I be able to get again? And then the next thought that came into my head, maybe I should take another pack for my daughter and husband. Maybe they'll run out. So lots of rather complex thoughts come into your head, uh, weighing that up with, um, with, with not wanting to ever be a panic buyer or a hoarder or do things that are contrary to the common good. You're nevertheless doing things that are on the border of all that. And there are, well, we've seen a lot of panic buying. Now, at the, the stores you went to, were there any signs or anybody around to try and discourage people from panic buying or going a little bit too far in their pursuit for toilet roll? So the, the, the big stores have introduced rationing. Um, you can only get a certain number of packs of water, of, of loo roll, of tins, um, at Costco, I bought a 10 kilogram bag of rice. You're only allowed one. So that's all good. And yet there is absolutely no notices or signposting or messaging about social distancing. This, I think, is unsafe both for the customers, but especially for the frontline workers, the tellers, who are taking currency as well as card. And many of these customers will have the coronavirus. In fact, I spoke to one whose daughter was put, went into intensive care last night because she got a very, very high fever. They suspected coronavirus. She told me this about 10 minutes into our conversation. I watched in some horror as she handed her trolley to somebody else who put their hands where her hands had been. She had no mask. She had no gloves. And she was mixing very closely with other shoppers. And this woman was an, a staff nurse at a local private hospital. And if she was behaving this way, I thought, well, we, we really need some leadership from our politicians and from our industry bosses as to what uh, social distancing means in detail in the public place. You can read more from David in the Evening Standard newspaper or online at standard.co.uk. Now... Everything the UK is seeing with coronavirus restrictions, Italy has been through before and more. Quarantine laws went into effect in the north of the country nearly two weeks ago. 
Otto Lanzavatier is one of millions affected and he joins me now. Otto, where are you at the moment? I'm in uh, my family's uh, summer house on Lake Maggiore. When the news broke about a uh, possible quarantine of Lombardy, which is um, where Milan is, which is where I'm from, me, my father, my mother, we were all scattered across Italy and we made our way here to the lake only to find the day after that this province was to be quarantined as well. Two days later, the whole of Italy was in lockdown. How long have you been there for? Just over 12 days now. How has that been? I'm lucky enough to have a garden and to enjoy some outdoors. It's odd because it feels like I'm in a ghost town. Restaurants, bars, everything that's absolutely not necessary is closed. And even going to do groceries is um, a bit overwhelming because we're counted at the entrance. There's a bouncer of sorts with the mask. How are you getting through a day? What do you do? I find that our routine is key. So I start my morning with um, breakfast with my family. Then uh, I get on to learn some stuff. I'm into coding now, but it could literally be whatever. In the afternoon, of course, we have lunch together, a bit of siesta, a nap afterwards. And right before dinner, we're getting in the habit of having these um, video conference aperitifs, the beer you would have before dinner in Italy. There is this um, ritual that all Italy seems to be going along with. Now at um, 6 p.m. each night, there's a sort of flash mob. Fires up their speakers or goes on the balcony with a musical instrument or just by themselves and they start singing. It starts with the national anthem, then it becomes something else, maybe a popular song, maybe an English song. Patriotic, uh, dialectal chants. How important is that, that you're kind of reaching out beyond your own confines and, and that's still, in a way, meeting up with people? Absolutely vital, I'd say. There is a way to get through this if we sort of find, find our, our communal spirits again and uh, these flash mobs, this singing, does create the sense of community. We probably won't be able to see anyone, apart from, from our families, until April the 3rd, but there's a very good chance that that deadline will be extended. Is that working out okay, though, being back with the parents? We are getting in the habit of respecting each other's spaces a lot. I expect this to be some, some sort of stress test for a family. How do you feel about the way Italy has responded to the crisis. Do you feel safe? I feel safer than we would have been if none of this had happened. Of course, being in quarantine, being in lockdown is it's a huge downer. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shy away from it. I'm quite an outdoorsy kid. I like to, to go outside during walk doing walks, running and I can't. However, the fact that the curves are somehow flattening and the fact that, say, the, the health situation in Lombardy is now reaching the point where it's getting overloaded. So these measures are starting to have noticeable impact on the amount of patients that go in intensive care, which is the key here, right? And that's the leader. Subscribe to your podcast provider and give us a rating too. We're back tomorrow at 4 p.m.